0: back everyone. We're we are back. We are back from our little hiatus break for um, Christmas and all the things and we're coming back in hot with horror topics. Horror topics. Horror <laughs> <hard> stuff. <laughs> um, So just to catch all up on our lives in the last 30. month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Month and a half huh? Yeah. It's been
0: that long. Yeah, Reagan. tell us what you've been up to. <laughs> so, kind of got married. <laughs> kind of,
1: sort of. Kind of, sort of, got married. Um, yeah, it's been wild since, I mean, I think that's where, I think Thanksgiving is where we left off. So, we went to through Thanksgiving, and my brother got married prior to that, and then we did Thanksgiving, and then we jumped right into um, December, which was Christmas parties, and work and then we got married December 16th and then jumped right to Christmas the next time and then the next weekend we did New Year's Eve and it's been it's been fun
0: yeah yeah and we're sitting where? Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. And we bought a house, and so we moved into a house. You're right. Yes. This is the first welcome. To the, it doesn't look very different. Our um, new space,
0: if you probably can't even tell.
1: Yeah. It'll be here until it becomes a nursery, yeah. and then we don't know what's going to happen. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Might be stuck in the closet again. Um, but we're in a new house. It, it doesn't look any different, I'm sure, though.
0: Probably not from their yeah. perspective. because. Our Wall was really, blank yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So,
1: we're excited, we're um, we're excited to be back, and I've it just kind of feels weird, it's kind of crazy, yeah. 2024, here we come.
0: I know I, it feels like it's been forever since we've done this, and then not.
1: I know, I know. <laughs> so many people kept saying, When's the next episode? I think some of the people just totally forgot about us, which is fine, yeah, too. It's fine, so it's fine. We're here. We
0: were trying to give everyone, I mean. Clearly, there was a lot going on, so we needed the break. But also, it was a good opportunity for everyone to hopefully catch up on episodes that they hadn't listened to yet, and if not, then you have all the time in the world to catch up.
1: Yep. So, well, we're starting this um, season, I guess you want to say, these series of episodes a little differently. We're going to talk about the hard stuff, the hard topics, like we kind of said last um, last episode. Uh, so we have a topic today, and our topic today is all things marriage, um, as it, as it relates to um, annulments, um, regular marriages, divorced, um, divorces, I guess, gay marriages, Pope Francis's new um, comments, or statements about gay marriage and the blessing of gay marriages and what that uh, reveals to us me and Mallory both could not pronounce whatever that document's called some type of latin word we're not gonna
0: butcher it yeah so are
1: you um and then going forward you know you'll see us ask on social media but let us know what kind of hard topics you want to talk about there's so many and this is like one of the things I, I love to do. So, talk about hard topics. Yeah. And especially when it comes to church teachings, like that's just, it's fun.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: it's needed. It's scary. It is kind of scary, too. <laughs> so, again, if uh, we say anything that's not totally church teaching, just um, mm-hmm. let us know kindly yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know all things, even though we try to act like we do.
0: So, um, also, quick disclaimer that I meant to say in the beginning and I forgot. All three of our children are here, (laughs) and there is no other adult present. So, if you hear background noises... Or a fire alarm. Yeah, we have attempted to bribe and threaten silence, and they are across Reagan's big, new, beautiful house. So, hopefully, there will be no incidents, but just in case. our dogs,
1: you know, all things we've heard in the past. Yeah, yeah. Here
0: we are. There we go. So, yeah. Where do you want
1: to start? Marriage. I think, um, hard topics... A lot, especially nowadays, center around um, the church's annulment process, mm-hmm. and specifically people that were married in the church and have gone through a divorce and remarried, um, not receiving communion, uh, not feeling like they're welcome, or the church doesn't like want them. Um, and then the you know why the annulment process. So I just start by saying, um. Everyone probably knows, unless this is your first episode, that I have been married before. And um, I was married in the Catholic Church. And whenever I went through that divorce, I knew that I was wanting to get married in the Catholic Church again. And so that meant I had to get an annulment in order to do that. But I do, so I do have a lot of background and a lot of history with the annulment process, especially in the Diocese of Lafayette, where um, you know, it's it's really tough. It's really um, a lengthy process. The church um, is human and has their faults, which makes it, you know, um, really tough at times and a lot of suffering to go along with that. So I think one of the biggest things from the annulment standpoint is the, the why, mm-hmm. why annulment, um, and... Why, especially in our diocese, does it take so long? And what should people do in the meantime? What
0: shouldn't they do in the meantime? So, well, and some of the criticisms I feel like you hear a lot are why, why, you know, especially for people whose marriages ended that necessitated an annulment, why do I have to go through this process for the church to um, officially tell me it's okay? But also I know historically it was looked at as like a money-making scheme. That's what I heard a lot. I have a different, uh, I don't have a direct uh, experience with getting an annulment, but um, I was an adult when my parents divorced and I actually pushed Sorry, dad, my dad to get an annulment. So I kind of can speak to it from a different perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, I have heard that one before, the money making thing. Um another big one that I've heard from people, especially closest to me, is why like if I know in my heart that my marriage was not good for whatever reason, like if there was abuse or whatever Mm -hmm. um then why do i need the church to tell me that it's not and like i know between me and my god and my relationship that it's not which i can totally relate to because as i was going through the annulment process there was times where i was waiting on the church to sign off on on something that the lord and i personally have had already come to that same conclusion um and i knew I guess towards the end, even, I wasn't worried about what the church was going to tell me because I spiritually, through my prayer, knew what was going to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. I was pretty confident in it. So the whole thing goes back to what is marriage? Mm -hmm. I mean, truly, and what is marriage in the eyes of the Catholic Church? And um, simply, marriage through the the eyes of the Catholic church, I think that the question is what is marriage? And, you know, in the eyes of the Catholic church specifically, but also most Christian relation uh, marriages, the marriage is a covenant between you and your spouse and God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have anything to do with the priest or the church other than like you and your spouse and God. So Really, it does it, like just looking at it that way, which I think is what all the other, um, our fellow Christian religions look at saying, Well, if it's between me, my spouse, and God, then why do I need to go through this formal process of, um, through the lens of the church? And you know, there's probably all kinds of reasons from theologi- the- theology, theology, yeah, and all like the church from tradition with a little t to you know, apostolic succession and all that, but. What I like to think about it is is and kind of as I struggled through the the why kind of came to this realization in my heart is, if there wasn't somebody, something governing the covenants with the Lord, then it would be vulnerable to people taking advantages of all of it what i mean by that is it the church is there to hold the sanctification of marriage Mm -hmm. and that union and to ensure that the the commitment and the two people that are going and the the sacrament and the covenant that they're they're getting into is held with the highest of sanctity and like it's not degraded or made up to something that is just disposable
0: at any given time you're even not supposed to get married outside like outdoors you have to be in in a church i think a lot of people don't realize that that's a rule until maybe they get there but it's a rule
1: (laughs) yeah and that and that dates back to long ago right every time the lord made a covenant or every time there was any kind of a sacrament that was about even back in biblical days they were in holy area like they were Mm -hmm. in a holy temple they were in god's house you know and two it brings to me at least in my heart it shows how much importance that the church puts around the holiness and the the set apart you know we hear a lot when something's holy it's set apart and having these this union be more than just a legal court paper that's actually um it's set apart you know it's in a church it has all these scripture passages it has all these rituals it has you know the church which witnessing it because if you think about it you're in the church but you have the church which includes the priests witnessing the covenant holding each other accountable to the covenant and i think that's also too what's true about the catholic church and the hierarchy and the need for the annulment is it's it's holding people accountable to what they ultimately decided to promise to god and we're human so to say oh well it's none of the church's business is to tell is to look at you and say oh mallory like it's none of my business you can do whatever you want if you're hurting yourself or you're hurting the rest of the church you know like we're here to hold each other accountable but we're also here to hold the sanctity of the church teachings.
0: Yeah, and well, I like so that, that how you put it that it you're holding accountable the church is holding the covenant accountable and to me it almost um increases the importance of the covenant. Like you can't just say we're getting a divorce, it's over with. No, the the covenant that you made was so much more than just a, a signed contract right it's way deeper than that and so it does take more to absolve I break it and
1: unfortunately yeah. our humanist comes into play right so like i don't know about you but i don't want i i like the fact that i have these guidelines to go by because my like our humanness and our sinfulness can sway our hearts so many different ways. It doesn't mean it's right. Just because we feel the way that we feel doesn't mean that that's what the Lord's asking. There's so many times that I feel a certain way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the Lord wants. You know, I know we're, we're not really going into, you know, gay marriages or things like that, but if I feel in my heart that I love a girl, that m- may not be like that's not what the Lord intended for me, even though that's something I feel. So I think. The governing body, in a sense, the need for the annulments, the need for evaluation is just that. It's the church helping us be holy and live up to the covenants that we and promises and the sacraments we had. And to I think too that a lot of people that push back on the need for annulments and even the rules around the Catholic Church's marriages don't fully understand the full dynamics of what marriage and that sacrament entails. Because I say this again, and I'll say it all the time, and I will live by it. But if people are against a ch- like a church teaching, it's because they don't know enough about it. Because if you study and learn the reasons why Every teaching is in place. You cannot help but love the church for it because it is all there for our own good, or by the direct teaching
0: of Jesus. Um, one of the things that I know for my dad that was a major uh, pushback of his, which is ironic because I was again an adult at the time. I was in college. Um, his concern was that by getting an annulment, it somehow illegitimized my brother and I, and I'm like, well, if I, as the child of this, um, marriage had that thought, that would be one thing. But I, the child, am telling you that I don't care about that. And I care more about you going through the correct avenue so that you can get back to receiving the Eucharist. Appropriately. Yeah. yeah.
1: that That's an old school. I've heard that too. That's so silly to me. I think because people don't... People even thought that way about children that were born out of wedlock, mm-hmm. which was the silliest, silliest thing that yeah. anybody can see because if they even had somewhat of a slight like relationship with God, much less the Catholic Church, then they would know that Jesus loves every single human the same and has, they're just as legit as anybody else. Like, I don't know. That one always blows my mind because it's such an old school.
0: Well, you know, that um, my mother-in-law, so um, she was Catholic. My father-in-law was, I believe, Methodist. And when they went to have my brother-in-law baptized, they would not baptize him Um, because at the time, I don't know if it was because both parents weren't Catholic. But I've heard the same thing actually recently from um, another very close person to me who um, the father is not an active church member i don't even know if he's catholic to be honest with you but the priest is denying baptizing the baby which blows my mind that's not
1: it's not right because why
0: would you ever deny an innocent baby to be baptized if the parents are willing
1: you don't that's there's there's something else there um there has to be some other reason besides whether the priest is completely wrong or there's something else because you don't because no like it de- I, I don't know
0: you can do emergency baptisms you like can, but,
1: the, but the, the parents have to desire it yeah fully and have to be willing to um bring up the child in right in the church in the church there there has to be another reason and i say that because if the parents whether they were baptized or not really intended to baptize this child in the Catholic church and really intended that they would bring up the, the child in the Catholic faith, then
0: right I know. there's
1: no, yeah. But um, one thing that I do love about the church and I think sometimes people forget, and it's also true I think, of a lot of different organizations, whether it be like your church organization or your work organization, is sometimes we have this misconception that the people at the top or... Um, um error free like that they're not human that they make no mistakes and one thing that i came to love about the church especially as i continued my um faith journey and i became closer with priests and religious um in the church is that we have to remember that the church is human Mm -hmm. and it was intended to be like that from jesus i mean also remember our Savior is human. God didn't just come down as God and save the world. He he did it through a human. And Jesus, with his disciples and the apostolic succession, appointed Peter, which was one of the heavier sinners of the disciples, that that's who he appointed. like Knowing damn well that Peter was going to screw up and mm-hmm. that Peter was going to make mistakes. But he knew that through mercy and forgiveness and grace and the Holy Spirit that it was going to achieve the, the mission of it all. And I think the reason why, or at least I feel like Jesus intended it for that is because if the church wasn't human and they were this some supernatural um, body, then we as humans, broken humans, sinful humans would have a harder time relating Mm -hmm. to the church as a whole and to the priest and the religious because something about, it's a double-edged sword because something about their humanness draws us to them and has this unspoken trust, you know, that they understand how we're feeling. They understand what it's like to be sinful. But at the same time, we look at them and we hold them to the standard that they can't ever screw up Mm -hmm. and that is really harmful for the Catholic Church and especially when it comes to this annulment process because especially in our in the Diocese of Lafayette because our region, our state, our city, the Diocese is so heavily Catholic when I mean we're one of the most Catholic dioceses in the south we have a really large backlog of annulments. Mm-hmm. And by some error and sinfulness of priests within that sector of annulments, it, it doesn't move. It takes, I mean, mine took almost two years. Gosh. I you know see, people that take three years.
0: My dad's was during the year of mercy mm-hmm. and his went well, so fast. And
1: Pope Francis tells us that it's not supposed to take more than a year. Because that's how it's intended. It's not intended to be this drawn out two years, three years of investigation, suffering. No, it's not. It should be, tell me all the facts. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's heal. Let's do this. And yes or no. You know, it, It's not because the process is so cumbersome. cumbersome that it takes three years. It's because there's so much for the church to do and the church is human. And that is one point that I like. I just like when people say, Well, I'm not doing that. It's going to take all these years. I'm like, I get it. Believe me, I get it. It sucks. It sucks a lot, especially if you are waiting to get married. It sucks a lot. But it's, I just want to scream. It's like, that's not a reason to not go for your annulment. My annulment was probably the most healing mm-hmm. thing for me. And yeah, it sucked that it took so long. And yeah, I could. Make all these changes within the you know diocese mm-hmm. to make it better, and I wish somebody would. And it's frustrating as all get out. I don't know I know priests that are equally as frustrated with the process, but the the itself, the nomenclature process itself, is good. It's very good.
0: My dad again was very resistant to the process. I kind of stayed on him for a while about it. Um, and I honestly don't know what ended up changing his mind into actually pursuing it, but he did. And, um, I remember that that was one of the things that he said that surprised him. I, well, I can tell you one of the reasons he didn't want to do it was because he didn't want to have to rehash all of Mm -hmm. the hurt and reopen those wounds and go back to that time. And, you know, you have to write about it in detail. And, like, to him, he's like, I'm trying to move on. I don't want to relive all of that. But after the fact, he said, now I understand why they want you to do this because it was such a healing process.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's true. And I've heard that. And that's probably to me, the most legitimate excuse I can hear because I get that. And that's a like, I, it was almost two two and a half years after my divorce was final that I took before I started the annulment process because wow. I wasn't ready. Like yeah. I, I didn't, one, it was a definite thing for me. So at that time I wasn't ready to come up. Like I wasn't ready to face that reality that, mm-hmm. hey, if I do this and it's a no, that means my marriage was never valid, which at that time was very hard for me to swallow. Yeah, Um, And I wasn't like, it took me probably six months to answer those questions. Cause one, I told the Lord, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it with everything I had. And I did it in front of the blessed sacrament, like did it to the best of my ability. But it was, there was only so much I could do at one time because it was a lot. Yeah. Um, And it is rehashing childhood wounds cuz they go from they go from your childhood to your pre-dating to your dating to your engagement to your marriage like you rehash the whole entire thing and especially for people that don't go to therapy and not used to hashing out that's intimidating yeah. and a lot for a lot of people and it's scary that it can open up more than you think my enorme process gave me light on things that I never knew was happening in my marriage Hmm. and that sucks too yeah. you know now it ultimately gives me a better ground for healing and moving forward but i could have been okay yeah <laughs> going on my life without without knowing things, you yeah. know what i mean yeah. um but i found comfort in one that i remember they telling me that um I would be okay. Like I if when we get the reading back, the result back, I would be free to marry because I did all these steps and I've been going to counseling, that's one of the things they look for and all this stuff. But the other party would not ultimately, just because I did the whole process. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so just because I did this whole entire process he waived his rights. He didn't do the process. You just right. basically say I agree with everything she said. Right. Which that, that I appreciated was, because that was like what made Right.
0: It move quicker.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um now, of course, they, they interviewed other people and stuff. Right. It wasn't just like whatever I said. But anyway. Um they told me that just because the normal goes through doesn't give him the freedom to, to get married right away because he they have they have to evaluate whether or not he's able to get married again and that was the first time I guess it clicked to my mind that I came to the realization that the lo- like the church is not here to set us up for failure it's kind of a beautiful thing that they give us this outlet and they care enough to give us these resources to one learn about our path and heal very deep woundedness that will trail into the rest of your life but three put us in a better place for the next time we get married because the church sees how important marriage is and how big of a deal it is that they want to ensure that people that are getting into this very important sacrament and covenant with god is doing it in the the highest form Mm -hmm. and you know and that's Something that I don't think people realize a whole lot that the church is actually there to help us and not they're not just there to dictate and be bossy. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's for our own good, even though sometimes we're children that don't want to listen to what our parents say. It doesn't feel that way. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: So in the same vein, kind of sort of not really. uh, Well, I guess under the marriage umbrella, there has been a lot of chatter. Everywhere. Everywhere. Since yeah. the Pope came out with this new... Statement. I mean... That, that's a good word for it. Statement. I, it's a yeah. statement. About blessing of those who are in either same-sex relationships or what they call irregular relationships. Is that what they call it? Yes, which I have come to understand to mean that basically you're like cohabitating living together without being Uh, married they're considering that all under the same umbrella umbrella because it's the same shit yeah right right and i think people kind of to spin off for one second i think people forget that that you can you know preach all day about Um, the church being against gay marriage. But if you're having premarital sex, that's the the same same thing. It's the same thing. A mortal sin is a mortal sin. Yeah. It's not.
1: I know. And I had someone tell me that one time and it like clicked in my head. It was like, we commit mortal sins all the time. What? Who am I to tell someone else that their mortal sin is worse than
0: mine? I mean.
1: There's gravity, right? But
0: Well, and, you know, I. On a surface level. Right. And and I think that there are also some people who are upset with the fact that that is the church's stance. And my response to that is always like, well, there's rules on married couples too. Yeah. Like a lot of just them. Just because you
1: get married doesn't give you this freedom. Free of for all. Like yeah. you can
0: just go and do whatever you want. Mm-hmm.
1: And again, it's back to... It's not about the church having all these rules to tell everybody what to do. It's ultimately to help us Mm -hmm. and what's very best for us as humans, but also as spiritual beings like, you know, saints. That one day needs our soul to go to heaven. And again, it goes down to why does the church teach that? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Let's talk about that. And find the reasons why before we just say, oh, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. You know? I think that, um, so I did kind of a lot of reading on the situation with the Pope and what he said and what he didn't say. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, and maybe it's because I'm old enough to understand these things and pay more attention to them. Whereas the previous Popes, I was younger and not as plugged in. But it feels like the media... Is really quick to spin and publish anything that comes out of his mouth. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And Pope Francis uh, does a does a good job of kind of feeding that too.
0: Yes, because he's very kind of vague. Yeah, and he and doesn't. He wants to be liked. Yeah, and he doesn't explain. And then I feel like when there are these explosions of people taking one thing he said completely out of context and then it blowing up to the point where bishops literally all over the world are issuing statements about it. Mm -hmm. Why isn't he just coming out and releasing another statement? I I like to to, clarify on
1: (laughs) on that topic. I like to always say like a lot of people are blowing up my text messages before I even got to read a headline. Yeah. And what I like to say first off is everybody calm the fuck down. Yeah like (laughs) chill because I know for a fact that the Pope was not speaking fallibly Mm -hmm. one and two the Pope's human so everybody chill it's not like this new revelation that the whole Catholic church teaching is changing if that is even what he said the headline said oh the church can now bless gay marriages that's what the headline said that's not
0: what this said right Um, so what I did was I read through, um, I found a website that went through, like, what are people saying all over the world? And it compiled the messages from the bishops from all over. every country, literally, alphabetically. And it, I got about halfway through before I realized it was every country alphabetically. And I was like, okay, I'm not reading all these. Um, but I read a lot of them accidentally, but it was good. Um... And to me, it seems like the biggest sort of confusion about his statement is whether he's talking about blessing a person as a person versus blessing their unity and their relationship. Yep. And so some countries, many countries flat out came out and said, um, you know, the Catholic Church teaches that marriage is between a man and a woman. You are not to bless any anyone outside of that. Because mm-hmm. remember, irregular yep. relationships are in there too. But
1: blessing is a hard one because blessing does not mean perform a sacrament.
0: Correct. Well, so that's
1: a big part. I'm like, it's just a blessing, guys.
0: Well, Just and it it talked a lot about the difference between a, um. Wait, let me find it. A pastoral blessing versus like a sacramental blessing. Yep. And how those are two very different things. Um,
1: the best analogy that I've heard as I was reading through this stuff and hearing, you know, all the, the chaos. Was si- compare it to someone who um, had sex before they were married or even slept with some random person and they know it's a mortal sin, right? They go to church because they just screwed up, and you go to church and you still like love Jesus. You go to church, and you know that you cannot receive communion, so you go up to the front of the line and you do it like this because you know you can't receive communion, and the priest. Because Eucharistic ministers are not supposed to give blessings because they Oh really no, they have no we don't have the ability to bless people, we're not consecrated. Okay. So they go up to this, and the priest or the deacon like gives them a blessing. The blessing is ultimately acknowledging that hey, I'm a sinful human, priest Jesus, I'm here, I'm sorry. Please help me, give me the grace to do better and get in a place where I can receive the body of christ and the priest giving you a blessing sending on past like sending on that that blessing the graces to help you achieve that goal to get in line with christ Mm -hmm.
0: to receive communion well and i think that that's That's all a big part Uh, one thing that it said is that the blessing must be spontaneously requested and are not ritual or liturgical actions. So there's no Mm -hmm. like pre-written prayer of the blessing. This is just like a father, please, can you please bless me? I'm struggling, whatever. In which case, one of the priests said it well, like, I don't ever, if someone comes up to me and asks me for a blessing, I don't stop and say, um, are you married? And is it in a heterosexual relationship? Like, I don't ask their their sins before I give them a blessing. I just give them a blessing. Because it doesn't matter. No, at or it We all have doesn't. sins. But right? I think, but one distinction that's being made is that if we're asking for a blessing, it should be that we are asking to be given the grace to be in line with christ we're asking for and church teaching and so if you're asking for a blessing with no intention of trying to do better or change the behavior or free yourself from the sin then in that case it would be inappropriate per yeah
1: or that the 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 priest mind I know that intention it's the same thing no, with confession right. if i go to confession and i'm confessing a sin that i know that i'm not going to try to do better at the priest may give me absolution because he doesn't fully really know my intention but i'm not forgiven right i don't receive that because one of the acts of reconciliation is your own personal concession right and it, it all ties back to that now It's a hard one, right? Because it makes it sound like, okay, so people that are just living together before they get married, but they're ultimately going to get married. That's a sin that's going to have an end. Like eventually, you know, that's a little different than people that are in homosexual marriages and they have no intention of ever breaking that marriage and doing, having a different action, right? So like asking for a blessing there, that's, that's not that's not a thing. That's not like you can't ask for a blessing, like you said, with no intention of changing courses. Right now, do people, you know, we always think back of who am I to judge? But we are somewhat here to judge for our own standards, right? We're not here to judge other people's actions and judge that person as a human. We're supposed to judge certain choices and have a lens of prudence and of um intellectual like knowledge to to know that that action is ultimately hurting another person or hurting the church which is why we stand up against that so like people that are against gay marriages or against living together um before they're married or whatever it's not because we're here to judge those humans as a people it's us judging the actions that are ultimately harmful to the those people and harmful to our church our church as a whole which means people that are currently present in the church people that are going to be present in the church like our kids and that is what we're judging and that is why we stand true to these teachings because it's not because we don't want to conform with the times. It's not that at all. It's the fact that these rules and these teachings were here for a reason. And they have a reason. And we're we're, we're trying to keep the precedent the same. Like we talked about that precedent that mm-hmm. they're trying to change today. That makes That's ultimately going to hurt the future. Mm-hmm. Because if you make one exception, then that's a snowball effect. That's the same that we're doing here.
0: I think that... Um- one of the so a bishop in Denmark made the comment that there was not a problem with the content of the statement but the way it will be received and interpreted yep. which is kind of what we talked about yeah um and another thing that that was echoed is that God is not the author of confusion but of peace mm-hmm. and I feel I personally, struggle with that with the current Pope because this is not the first thing that right. has come out that right. has caused sort of mass confusion that could probably be cleared up really quickly if he would just come out and say, that's not what I said. This is, you know. Yeah. And he's not doing that. Um, But
1: I like to think of it too, uh, what you just said is a good point. There, as Christians and as Catholics, we are called to – um as much as we are called to speak on things, we're also called to, like, not speak on things. I don't know if that doesn't even make any sense. But what I mean by that is kind of what you said of his, he might have in this statement, in his message that he was portraying wasn't wrong, but the way that he portrayed it, whether it was on purpose or not, it was like if of the vagueness or the, it's going to be received with confusion is just as bad as if he would have said the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It's like if I don't bluntly lie about something, but I'll withhold information, knowing I'm withholding information is just as much of a lie as it is mm-hmm. to bluntly say the lie. Right, the lie and that's, I mean, and so all this did was take the whole entire world and cause all kind of confusion I saw one of, one of the, uh, there's a person that I follow on Facebook from college that I love dearly. Well, that's a little strong because I just like, I don't not love him, but I don't really know him that much. I respect him. Like I went to school with him. I was friends with him. I respect him. he is, he's gay and has a partner or whatever. He came out and. Posted all over Facebook saying, this is a huge win for the Catholic Church and the gay community. And, like, I'm so glad I got to witness it. Blah, 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 blah. And I, obviously, I didn't say anything because I'm not going to start a Facebook war. But nothing changed. Right. But the headlines, because nobody read the damn thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> and the, the headlines made it seem like there's some huge massive change in the the role or the teaching well that's not what happened And
0: (laughs) this pope every time this happens i feel like we're being the by we i mean like practicing catholics who are trying to like live by church teaching and do what we're supposed to do we're I feel like he's kind of throwing us under the bus. He, I know. I feel that and way too. Because then the eye gets turned to us like, well, the Pope said, so why are you still saying? And it's like, but that's,
1: not, A, that's not what he said. And B, that's we're being, We're now the enemy. Yeah. It's just, it calls a lot of division within yeah. the church and between the, and that's not what we should be doing. If anything, like you said, God is a God of peace and unity in love and respect this all this did was make chaos and division and that's not what was it, like that's not what the lord intends
0: but i think it's a good opportunity to remember and remind ourselves that like you said earlier the church is human human mm-hmm. and You know, the Catholic Church has enough scandal to fill up this room, probably, in all the arenas. But at the end of the day, we can't allow our personal faith, our personal convictions, our personal relationship with Jesus to be affected by the mistakes, wrongdoings, sins of other humans. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, we believe that that is Jesus— being sacrificed every Sunday when we go to Mass and we are receiving His actual body. And nothing should allow or prevent us from doing that. Right. Especially not a misconstrued, out-of-context statement by...
1: And what I like like to say to a lot of people that come directly and ask my opinion, I've kind of learned the hard way. I kind of try not to give people my opinion unless they ask Oh, but here it. we are in
0: a podcast in case you were wondering our well, <laughs> But
1: anybody that's listening is kind of inherently yeah. agreeing to your opinion. but
0: Not necessarily, but they at least are choosing to listen that's to That's what I'm it. saying. Yes, yes Not yes, agreeing, yes. choosing. That's what I Yes, yes, it is.
1: I would say this to anybody. Take it to the Lord.
0: hmm
1: Why do we sometimes feel and this is myself included that whenever I'm struggling with something especially when it comes around the church teaching that the lord doesn't want to listen to it and doesn't want to provide my eyes and my heart with clarity because that's silly you Mm -hmm. know um and I, I I'm guilty of that a lot so people that struggle and if you still struggle with something or if you have this question or whatever the case may be, it's, it might be super personal to you. Take it to the Lord. Ask him to reveal it to you. Ask him to give you, to, to give you the grace to understand because sometimes our understanding just needs to be stretched mm-hmm. or we need to learn a little bit more or put somebody in my life that's going to help me learn this or teach me or show me whatever. Ask the Lord to to make it to to help you, because that's what he's there for. Yeah, and also too, I also like to say, people that don't have a relationship with Jesus don't come at me about the church teachings. <laughs> because it's like what at that point, care? at that point, yeah, at that <laughs> point, you're just there to prove me wrong. You're not there to do anything else, right? Like, if you don't have an active relationship with Jesus and you don't care to have an active relationship with Jesus, then don't come at me because the only way you could the only reason why you're coming at me is because you don't want me to love Jesus or you don't want other people to follow the church teachings. Like, what does it matter to you?
0: Right. Minecraft. drop. My I'm, I, I,
1: I'm I'm kind of being exaggeratory, and I, I obviously mean that in a very gentle way, but it's true. Like if you're not pursuing your relationship with Jesus and then
0: why does it matter Mm -hmm. my favorite I think about this all the time especially when dealing with people like that who are just on a mission to argue basically Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't remember who originally said it but that Jesus was either Lord a liar or a lunatic and he can't be Both, Mm -hmm. and he can't be a little bit of each of each, and if he he can't be a little bit God or he can't be a prophet. He didn't say he was a prophet. He said he was the son of God. So then he's lying. If he were a prophet, you know, some people try and say, "Oh, he was just like a great prophet of the day." Well, that doesn't even make sense. Then he was just lying the whole time. Then. So why does he hold category? any? Why yeah. right? Why why would anything he say hold any weight? Or he was a lunatic and he was crazy. And if you believe that, I'm sorry. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really say that one.
1: But do you think that we should go? Do you think we should talk about why marriage is between a man and a woman? I mean. I think we should.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: I think our I think our next episode, like, I think we should talk about why, because we talked a lot around marriages and all of that stuff. But the core to that is, and the core to a lot of these things is why a man and a woman? Like, why does the church teach just that?
0: Mm
1: hmm. Want to talk about that next? Yeah, we can. Well, that's what we're going to talk about next. If you guys have um any other opinions or want to talk about anything specific let us know also if we go like sometimes we just scratch a surface with a hard topic in these because there's a lot of hard topics and we don't want to talk for three hours um and say like like this if well why is it man and woman i know all the reasons why the church is trying to keep it a man and woman but why man and woman let us know let us go
0: down that rabbit hole Um, and I just want to make a disclaimer that even though Mallory and her disclaimers, I know I love them. (laughs) Even though we're talking about these hard topics and we know what the church teaches to be true, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy for us. Yeah, we still struggle with certain aspects, and I mean, it's hard, they're hard for a reason, and they're hard for us too. Don't think we're just like Oh, this is all easy, and we just...
1: And they're hard to stand up to. They're hard to go against the grain and to talk about, especially knowing that if it gets in front of the right people, you're going to have a lot of pushback.
0: But Jesus said that we were, we going, were going to. And we are going to.
1: So it is hard, and but we're happy to do it. To me, it helps put things in perspective for my heart um, and kind of remind me that I'm here to be a soldier and... Yeah. Um, not really here to just sit in the background and watch.
0: So, um, until next time, thanks. We love for y'all joining Pray us. for us. Yeah, please pray for us. Woo. We need it for these episodes, especially. Yep. See y'all soon. Bye. Bye.